and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an edition of Near Fall Radio right here on the Butt Munch Chips Radio Network. Butt Munch Chips, sit on your butt munch. I am your host, Landon Doan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner, if you will. He might be my Chuck Taylor to my Trent, or vice versa. It's my buddy and yours. It's my best friend. It's Will Rab. Rab, how you doing this evening? Dude, let's get one thing straight. If I'm your anything to anything, I'm your Orange Cassidy. <laughs> okay, I will I will give you a very uh, heartily half thumbs up on that one. <laughs> At I, least I, I'm, I'm trying to. You're, you, you're trying. And <laughs> and sometimes I might try and sometimes I might not. You don't know. Dude, that segment was so good this week on, on Dynamite. I am so fired up for Revolution. I cannot remember a wrestling card I've been looking forward to more than revolution in these last few weeks when it finally dawned on me it's like okay we're like a month away we're like two weeks away oh my god it's next week and then this week has gone so slow for me just Mm -hmm. because i've been looking forward to this saturday like wednesday to now has felt like a week and we are now on the doorstep of top to bottom is a stacked card from all elite wrestling presenting revolution uh airing uh, uh, February 29th, Saturday night. Before we get into the good, I do feel like it would be uh, kind of not irresponsible, but negligent on our part, being a professional wrestling podcast, if we did not talk about the WWE's latest um, super... Blood Money in the Bank. Yes, Blood Money in the Bank uh, show emanating from uh, Saudi Arabia, Top to bottom, the card was not great. Uh, I'll let you go find the results. But I want to talk about what happened at the very top of the card where in 2020, 53-year-old Bill Goldberg defeated the fiend Bray Wyatt in roughly two minutes using a combination of four spears, what they called a jackhammer, though it looked like a half-assed suplex, And just like that, the WWE has cooled off. Some are saying straight up killed the coolest character that they've created in maybe a decade. Now, Rab, I know you're not as enthralled or pay as much attention to the WWE product as I do. If we're being honest, I don't pay attention to the WWE product as much as I used to. But you had to know about the character of The Fiend Bray Wyatt, right? Everybody knows about the fiend and the what the fire the Firefly Playhouse and and all that Firefly Funhouse. And, and just quickly in case you're you're wondering, Anderson and Gallows won a kickoff show match that got a C minus. <laughs> AJ Styles submitted our truth in a gauntlet match. Oh God, yeah. And then the Undertaker came out and defeated AJ Styles, and that was a C minus. Undertaker didn't even take off his hat, didn't even take off his jacket. Hit AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. AJ Styles, one of the best professional wrestlers in the world with a choke slam. When was the last time The Undertaker beat somebody with a choke slam? Well, it was last night in Saudi Arabia because he beat AJ Styles with one single choke slam. Uh, new, we have new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Miz and Morrison beat The New Day. That's kind of exciting. The first time that The Miz and the Morrison, or Miz and Morrison, excuse me, have been uh, tag champs in I think like eight years, and I really do like that combination of Miz and Morrison. They're fun. Angel Garza and somebody else, I don't want to try to Umberto butcher this Carrillo. name, Carrillo. Yeah, Umberto Carrillo. <laughs> they fought a, a, a C average match. Uh, I'm just looking through all this. These are grades from CBS Sports. Uh, the best grade of the night was a B plus match. The Raw Tag Team Championship, Rollins and Murphy, 
uh, retain their tag titles against the Street Profits. Uh, CBS didn't like Dolph Ziggler versus Mansoor. Yeah, if you don't know who Mansoor is, and why would you? He is a uh, talent that the WWE trots out every year during the Saudi Arabia shows because he's from Saudi Arabia. And he gets to, like, like he is pretty much Saudi Arabia Hulk Hogan. He is unstoppable at the Super Show. So if you get booked against him, it really tells oh, yeah. you what the WWE yeah. thinks about you because they're asking you to job. You're doing the uh, job, Brock brother. Lesnar defeated a ricochet. In, like, Ricochet straight up did not get one single move of offense in. Like, like it was, it was... It was the Brock Lesnar show. It's it's a show that I have said multiple times that I'm tired of and I'm ready to get off and hopefully come WrestleMania, Drew McIntyre will end the Brock Lesnar experiment. Roman Reigns defeated Baron Corbin in a steel cage in a C-grade <laughs> match, which, I mean, after we just had Cody moonsault off of a steel cage, it was probably stupid of the WWE to have those two in that match. Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody really is uh, looking forward to a cage match between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, a match that's a feud that's been going for five months. SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, Bailey retained. That earned a B. But here's what everybody's talking about. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, getting crapped on. By how old you say he was? Fifty-three-year-old Goldberg. Fifty-three years old, and yes, I know. I'm. I'm sure I can hear a couple of you say, "Well, Chris Jericho's like fifty years old." Chris Jericho and Bill Goldberg are two vastly different fifty-year-olds. So, so go ahead and and, and uh, cram that argument in your corn pipe. Lafleur. <laughs> Thank. Let you. me say this: I don't care if you're sixty. I don't care if you're seventy. I hell, I don't care if you're eighty-five damn years old. Like, if we want to get bring Jack LaLanne back from the dead, <laughs> if the dude can work and you actually work a match, then I don't care. Yeah, the age doesn't matter. And and like I said, Chris Jericho can't actually work a match. How old is Dustin Rhodes? Ooh. He's Dustin, up there. Yeah, Dustin you can has see it to in be his getting face. close to, to 50 isn't if he isn't already there. Dude can still work. Yes, Christopher Daniels has been around for a mm-hmm. while, long enough for me to remember multiple runs for him in multiple companies, TNA and, and Ring of Honor. And... I remember when he had hair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not a knock on CD. I, I am a big Christopher Daniels fan. But yeah, he is no young buck, but he can still go at his age. Do ya? <laughs> that's my favorite. Once you actually know the story of Frankie Kazarian, do ya? You gotta watch wrestlers eating room service. Such a great on, story on 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 the B, on the BTE YouTube channel. I for one don't see the point of trying to get somebody to trick somebody into buying this pay per view or watching it on the network, which is basically getting them to watch a pay per view because you're going to stay subscribed to the network if there's good content on it. Mm-hmm. And you take one of your best wrestlers and you let Goldberg squash him because that's what Goldberg wanted to do because. Vince is a mark. Well, like, like, hold on. Let me let me jump in here. I'm not the biggest Bill Goldberg fan in the world, but I don't know if Bill Goldberg specifically said, I want this to happen. I think you might have had uh, 
the names reversed there. Like, yeah. like, like, like this feels like a Vince McMahon. Like I, uh, I need a big name and, and a big marquee match at WrestleMania pal type moment because WrestleMania is on, on the horizon. And I've seen a lot of speculation that this is how the WWE is going to make sure that Roman Reigns finally gets his WrestleMania moment where he, where, where they go off the air, him holding the championship belt above his head, being showered down with, with cheers as opposed to uh, the, the Roman Reigns, boo birds he's been getting the last few years because it's like if Roman Reigns goes into Wrestlemania and defeats the Fiend Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship he's going to be met with mostly boos if he goes into W if he goes into Wrestlemania and defeats WWE Champion Bill Goldberg he's probably going to get mostly cheers especially with the way that if WWE is paying attention to the way that the online fans are reacting to this move Bill Goldberg has to be booked as a heel going into Mania, but I I don't know. Well, but here's the thing. Here's the biggest problem you exposed, right? So this is what's wrong with the WWE. One of the things that's wrong with the WWE. I mean, like, number one, that they screwed up Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns has the look, and there, there, there's got to be some way. He has everything. To book Roman Reigns to get him over. And, look, if you're listening to a wrestling podcast, you probably understand this. Landon, I know you understand this. Does it matter if you get over and they like you or you get over and they hate you? As long as you get over. But if you're trying to be a face and they boo you, if you're trying to be a heel and they don't give a damn, you're in trouble. And they have not been able to get Roman Reigns over in the right way. So what do they do? Okay, let's take the most over thing in the company and squash it because then since... All the fans are mad because Goldberg squashed the Fiend. They'll boo Goldberg because they don't want him here. And what it really is is the WWE's doing, and what they're doing is they're saying, "Okay, we are here." And again, this is not visual, but you know the <laughs> "you are here" thing on the map at the ball to tell you where to go. Yes, I'm I'm vaguely aware of those. But what's a mall? Anyway. We are at point A, right? And WrestleMania, and what we want to happen at WrestleMania is point B. And what they're doing is they are deciding where the starting line is and where the finish line is and not worrying about what's in the middle and then using the middle to create the outcome they want instead of using the journey to create the organic destination they should arrive at. Does that make sense? Through booking and 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 through the matches you have and and through the stories you're telling, which the WWE doesn't tell stories, they just make people eat dog food because it's such good shit. <laughs> um, and again, we're gonna talk about this because AEW is telling good stories right now. Later on in the show, the the problem that I see from 3,500 feet, not watching it all the time, but again, seeing crappy storylines and 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 things not going anywhere, is clearly what you're deciding is. Okay, again, we are here right now, and we're on the road to WrestleMania, and this is supposed to be planned out for a year, and everything that happens for a year is supposed to build, when they were doing it right, built to really badass WrestleMania pay-per-views. Mm -hmm. And what they've clearly what they've decided, again, because Roman Reigns is Vince McMahon's pet, and his boy, because... He has the look, brother. They want Roman to have his WrestleMania moment, even though a billion times the fans have told him they hate Roman Reigns. So what they do is you end up doing stupid things like squashing the Fiend. Now, 
would it have been okay if Bill Goldberg had beat The Fiend? Yeah, but it would need to be a good match, right? Like, if you give me a good match, maybe it still doesn't make a ton of sense. I don't know if in 2020 when The Fiend is like freaking Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees type character, if in 2020 it's okay for Bill Goldberg to come out of his garage to come and be the one to drive the stake into the fiend's heart. I mean, yes, okay, the fiend immediately got up and, you know, did spooky vanishing things, but it's like, the only way I would have been okay with a fiend-Goldberg matchup in 2020 is if Goldberg immediately spears the fiend, goes for the cover, kick out at one, then the fiend throws on the mandible claw, and just one, two, three, it's done. That would have That would have made the fiend look like a monster going into mania. And the crazy thing is, it's like, it has been rumored for a while that it was going to be the Fiend Roman at Mania and Roman was probably going to go over. So in the long run, we're going to end up with the same result. But the way we're getting there, like, I was kind of okay with the way we were, in theory, going to get there with the Fiend putting over Roman. Like, it, it, am I jumping up and down for it? No. But I like it a hell of a lot more than what we're yes. rumored to get with with uh, with Goldberg and and Roman in a spear off or whatever. And it's crazy. Like ever since he came back from his uh, from his cancer uh, diagnosis, Roman Reigns has been getting a pretty good response from the crowd. There are still those hardcore boo birds that are still going to boo him, just like John Cena up until the very end. He had his John Cena boo birds, even though most of the crowd had eventually gotten on his side by the end. Well, by the way, Cena's coming back for Mania. So what's not to say that it's not going to be Bill Goldberg and John Cena and everything we just said is, you know, thrown out the window. But it's going to be interesting if we do end up with Goldberg reigns and people do perceive it that they sacrificed the Fiend to give Roman another chance. I don't know how the audience is going to handle Roman reigns, even in a scenario where Bill Goldberg is acting like a straight up a-hole. And that's why it's short-sighted, again, because what they're doing and the problem you have, because we've heard this from multiple people and, and, and heard it be discussed, is, number one, there's too many. The WWE has gotten too big, too bloated, and too corporate. And for the size company it is, and because it's publicly traded, and there's so much money at stake, it has to be the way it is. But I'm not sure it's the best way to run a wrestling company. And then on top of that, you have a guy who owns it who's embarrassed that he owns a wrestling company. Because Vince is embarrassed. Like, that's why everybody thinks the World Wildlife Fund ended the WWF. Vince would have done that eventually because he would rather be known as an entertainment person because Vince is embarrassed by stupid things. If you, if you want proof of that, go back to uh, the Monday Night Wars when uh, Ted Turner purchased WCW. Vince McMahon himself, there is video of him on his WWE Network saying this right here. Ted Turner called me up and said, well, Vince, I guess we're in the same game. And I responded, uh, Ted, I don't exactly follow you. He's like, well, we're both in the wrestling game. And he's, and Vince says, well, Ted, that's where you're wrong. You're in the wrestling game. I'm in the entertainment game. So I do think you're right that deep down, even though Vince McMahon has made billions of dollars doing this, I do think he is embarrassed to own a wrestling company because I mean, right now he's trying to what make the XFL 2.0 a thing. So, yeah. And, and so whether it's in the past, it's been Vince and Vince is it, Vince is the gatekeeper. Nothing goes on air that Vince doesn't mm -hmm. like, but you literally have these two, you, you basically have two wrestling promotions in one 
even when they're not not super brand exclusive and split off like they are right now because SmackDown and Raw basically function as their own tours and have their own champions and all this stuff. I would even throw NXT in there too. And NXT, the third brand, but Hunter kind of sees oversees that more than Vince, right? That's Hunter's baby. Mm -hmm. But you and and then they have tons and tons and tons and tons of writers. And in the it was not like that in the nineties. You hear all these interviews, whether it was talking with Eric Bischoff about the creative process back in the day, or uh, talking with the. Vince Russo when he was writing for the WWF or Paul Heyman and that there wasn't necessarily a booking committee like the territories but it was a very small inner circle and they all worked together not okay I got 20 writers and Landon you're writing for this segment and your segment is the tag is is, is the tag division and I'm writing and my segment's the main event and none of it's cohesive because we're not really working together on ideas. And we're just trying to come up with crap. And then literally it is a mad dash to get it to Vince first. So Vince will approve your thing so that you can be the good little boy that got the golden star this week. And it leads to all this mismatched crap when quite frankly you have a bunch of people who don't know shit about wrestling. or writing wrestling and then rushing it over to Vince for approval like a lap dog. And on top of that they're all yes men. Well, and then here recently, uh, and yes, I, I will say this, we are basing a lot of what we're saying, uh, what we're saying on with reports online with what we view as pretty reputable sites. But I do know there are some people out there that, you know, uh, detract and on the dirt sheets, so to speak. Uh, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's been enough smoke on on this particular headline I've seen where uh Okay, it's a random episode of SmackDown. Uh, reports have come out at like uh, 4.42 or something. They have to scrap everything because Vince hates it and they have to rewrite it. And yep. uh, it's 40 minutes to doors opening. Like, like that, and, and, that, oh, that's hard to tell a good narrative, a good or, overarching narrative. Or you listen to podcasts, right? And why is Jim Ross gonna get on a podcast and lie about what happened back in the day i don't really think people might want to create it in their mind i don't think vince or i don't think jr has a ton of animosity towards vince mcmahon and is like trying to lie to take down vince mcmahon now he may be pissed off a little bit that vince pushed him aside because jim's the southern guy from wcw and we don't want to sound like yokels Mm -hmm. but all i think that did was light a fire under his ass to go kick butt at aew or you have that not basically a podcast, really. It was a manifesto, audio manifesto from John Moxley talking about what happens in WWE. Why would they make that crap up? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that and and that that is a very fair point because if this was only coming from one source, okay, yeah, sure. But when it comes from several sources that you know didn't corroborate their story or anything, these are all just told independently. It's like okay, you do kind of have to connect some dots to dots, but it's like. Here's the thing. It's like mania is in uh, like almost two, uh, almost a month at this point. Um, And WWE still has another pay-per-view to get to. It's like, I just, yeah, tell me about it. But it's like, don't fret because uh, Tom Campbell from Cultaholic, he put, or he put out a small video following this fallout of, uh, of, of the super showdown or whatever. 
And he says, if you don't like what you're seeing with WWE, vote with your feet. Don't stop watching professional wrestling because you don't like what WWE is doing. Because right now, through streaming and depending on where you live uh, geographically, we are going through a golden age of wrestling. Like, there is a type of wrestling that caters specifically to what you like. So don't walk away from professional wrestling just because of Vince McMahon and the WWE and what is going on over there. Like, look elsewhere, and when we come back, we are going to be looking elsewhere as we look forward to All Elite Wrestling presenting Revolution live on pay-per-view. You're listening to Near Fall Radio. Keep it locked. Personified, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I am cold like December snow. I have carved out this soul made of stone, and I will drag you down and sell. And we're back. Near Fall Radio is back, folks. Special edition getting you set for Revolution, the Butt Munch Chips Radio Network. I am the Orange Cassidy of Butt Munch Chips. Will Rap. He, Landon Doan, I'm just going to say it, dude. You're the, you're the MJF of Butt Munch Chips. You're better than everybody and you know it. Or maybe, or maybe you're Cody. Because you're kind of the founder of the whole damn thing. I don't know. Maybe you're Tony Khan. <laughs> I'm, I'm just everybody you, you named. I'm an asshole like MJF. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm in control like Tony, and I started this like Cody. But unlike Tony, uh, I'm broke. So uh, And also MJF. And Cody, now that I think about it. Okay, I'm like none of the people you just rattled off. But Anyway, continue. we are... I'd say we're on the road to revolution, but like, dude, we've pulled up to the exit ramp. It's here, baby. We're there. We're going to go park it. We're in the parking lot right now. Tailgating. <laughs> Remind me again. I can't believe this is, this is, oh, it, yeah, that's right. It, it's Chicago because they're at the comic book thing. Yeah, and, and like, like I know Chicago has been very good to AEW, and Chicago is a wrestling hotbed. I can't fault them for going back for those two reasons, but come on, All Elite, like, like, like spread the love out. <laughs> Chicago's been in getting this a lot of shows. Insta- in, in this instance, <laughs> because so, cause they're, they're not at, uh, they're not in Rosemont, where they did All In and All Out. And they're not in the United Center because I guess the WWE probably wouldn't let them run the United Center. Yeah, there's been some reports that uh, that AEW's run into some uh, arenas saying thanks but no thanks due to WWE like claiming exclusivity. That happens. So it happens with the WWE. So we all know what Monster Jam is where the trucks come like crush the cars. With Truckosaurus! <coughs> Sorry. They have, that's a rider that, that Live Nation puts in there. You can't have other... You know, if you want a Monster Jam show, you can't book the you know Dark Match Jones monster trucks. So. Really? 
Yeah. Wow. I actually, I actually think though, in some instances, especially with like dynamite, AEW needing to maybe go to the secondary arena in town or like they're running Philly in a couple weeks so they'll go to the Lacarius Center, which is one of the university uh, gyms. Uh, it's an arena, but it's a smaller arena. It's a basketball yeah, yeah. stadium. Is actually better for them because, I mean, like, you know, six to get six, 8,000 people to show up every week and, and fill an arena is much better than 5,000 people show up and there's 20,000 seats to sell. Absolutely. So, like when AEW went to Nashville for an episode of Dynamite, instead of going to Bridgestone in downtown Nashville, they went to uh, the Municipal Auditorium and they packed the Municipal Auditorium. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they, they would have pulled great numbers at Bridgestone, but I do think you're right. It looked way more impressive to have a full crammed smaller venue as opposed to a half full bigger venue and and that's what cody said in some behind the scenes interviews i saw when they had the dynamite show that that went to dallas they did a bunch of press that that came out he's like hey we're looking for eight to ten thousand seat arenas uh so it's really not a big deal that some of these places say no thank you to aew if you can find another venue um and look chicago's hosted a lot of stuff for for all elite and all in which i kind of group in with all elite wrestling because that was kind of the you know, the proof of concept. But this made sense. You're with the the comic and entertainment expo, the C2E2. C2E2 yeah. And they, they did this similar with what it was the, oh, uh, not the Fighter fight Fest. for the Fallen Fighter Fest mm-hmm. was tied into another uh, expo that was going on in Daytona. Yeah, And so once was, I saw that, that I kind of gave them a pass for going back to Chicago and running the Trust Arena and being downtown, not being out in Rosemont, being tied into this other event that's giving them a sell, a, a chance to promote themselves. But as we alluded to at the, the open of the show, Dawes, we are fired up for this card. Eight matches on the card. I want to run through it. And then I have, a, I have a question for you after we run through the card. And then we'll go back and talk more about these matches. I want to know what match you think goes on last and then what match you think is the main event. Because in some cases, some people might think they're the same thing. And I'm not so sure. So anyway, Hmm. it starts on the pre-show. SoCal Uncensored, Kazarian and Sky with CD. Uh, Christopher Daniels versus The Dark Order. Evil Uno and, and Stu Grayson. I'm still kind of getting fully warmed up to The Dark Order I like their storyline and their vignettes more than I like Uno and Grayson. Uh, but they are obviously doing very well in the tag division. And they have their underlings, Alex Reynolds and, and John Silver, who are doing their bidding. Uh, I guess the main card, I mean, these are not in any particular order. But you kind of build it up. You can kind of see how this might progress. And this would be a good starter. There's some other matches you could kick it off with. Uh, one of the singles matches is Pack versus Orange Cassidy. This is Orange Cassidy's first singles match in AEW. Uh, Women's World Championship, Statlander versus Nyla Rose, your your dad's favorite wrestler, Chris Statlander. <laughs> one of, one right, of my favorites for reasons we're not going to discuss on the radio. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird uh, conversation. My dad is a big Chris Statlander fan, you guys. I think I know why. <laughs> I do too, and I wish I did. And I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> A couple of uh, mid-card 
matches, you would say, because they're going to kind of unfortunately be inserted in between some of these other uh, main events. But, you know, these are the type of matches that have the potential to be the Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero's, Eddie Guerrero, steal the, you know, AJ steal Styles. the AJ Styles, steal the match, match of the night. You know, it's not your main event, but you stole the show. Uh, really excited about this one. Uh, two guys who are up and coming in the business and are going to be huge. And Darby, I think, certainly uh, can lay claim to being the first breakout original AEW star versus Sammy Guevara, who's so good. He's the Spanish and God, baby. The Spanish God, and he's so good at being a heel. But you can just tell he's talented because if they ever flipped Sammy, uh, you know, if he wasn't in the inner circle... He, I think he could get over being a, a face, too. That's just my opinion because he's just so talented. Like, you know, there's some guys who are really, really good in the business. But, like, MJF is never going to be a face because uh-huh. he's an asshole. Really excited, too. Jake Hager finally gets into the ring, which means he must have some downtime from Bellator. <laughs> um, Which, hey, look, as... I'm I'm cool with him kind of being the muscle, and he has to do whatever he has to do to keep Bellator happy because that's paying the bills, and he's a world champion, and I understand why they don't want their champ getting hurt play fighting uh, versus Dustin Rhodes, the natural. We've been talking about it. Dude, he's so good right now. Like He's he, you, he, he's like a wine. That like, like The more age he gets to him, the better he gets, and I am not calling Dustin Rhodes old. I just want to clarify that, but it's like— Seasoned. There we go. Like, like he keeps breaking out new tricks. I'm like, oh my God, is there anything he can't do? And so far, and, no. And it's amazing because he did again, a Canadian for me, destroyer for crying out loud. A, a guy who came into wrestling again when I was a younger kid and I would watch bits and pieces there because obviously in the 90s, wrestling was racy and it was not something my parents approved of. <laughs> and so... I, I would watch bits and pieces here, or I would see, and it wasn't like the internet where you can just go watch it now. But I would, I knew what was going on in the, you know, the '90s Attitude Era, and of course, my first memory of Dustin Rhodes is Gold Dust. And so, unfortunately, and it's no disrespect to Dustin, it's just the way it was presented to me, and I guess my ignorance, or not ignorance, but what I saw, I never thought highly of Dustin Rhodes as a wrestler because Goldust was this weirdo who wore a wig and was kind con- you know what I'm saying? He was androgynous. Androgynous and, and everything and was this mid-card guy, but Dustin Rhodes is so good. He is um, so good. By, by the way, uh, quick sidebar, if you've never seen the video of Dustin telling the story of him getting off the phone with Vince McMahon and Vince describing his character as androgynous, look it up on YouTube. It's really funny. Now we're getting into main event level, right? Because these are probably the three biggest matches on the card. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. But saying this is no disrespect because if I told you Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes was going to headline Dynamite, you'd be excited. If I told you Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara was going to be the main event on Dynamite, you would be excited. Uh, the women's division in AEW has gotten off to a... Rocky start, but if you if they put Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander in the main event for a, a Dynamite show, I would respect that. Yeah. Same thing, you know, Pac versus Orange Cassidy's probably not a main event, but if it opened Dynamite, oh, eyeballs you'll be are going to be all over it. it. That that will be trending worldwide by the time it gets yes. to the first commercial break. 
Yes. SoCal Uncensored in the Dark Order 2. Again, they could be the main event. They could be the opening match of the show. That's what Dynamite has done so well is we all know when there's filler in a program, but it's it's 95% killer, 5% filler in AEW right now. Mm -hmm. But your big match is on the card. Uh, The Elite versus The Elite. (laughs) <laughs> well, the elite light versus yeah, the elite er versus the elite ish. <laughs> Adam Page, who reminds you he left the elite, and also says, "Please get me another beer." <laughs> and Kenny Omega, the world tag team champions, versus the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson. Uh, then you have uh, MJF versus Cody. MJF with Wardlow, Cody with Arn Anderson. Still waiting on the the former four horsemen member to turn on Cody. But I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a horseman put with, the, with, the, with the roads. Come on. The coach of the nightmare collective or the nightmare family, whatever. Nightmare family. And Brandy's yeah. going to come out there too. Yeah. We don't talk about the nightmare collective anymore. Do not I'm talk sorry, about I, the nightmare I, collective. I, I got tongue tied <laughs> credit to AEW for just flat killing that. That just like died overnight, which is great self-awareness. Yeah. They killed Take it. They killed it in a segment on dark. It's like, it just went away. Yep. Bye-bye. And it worked because now Brandy's out there and she's like supporting the, the Rhodes family and the Nightmare family and she's over. <laughs> it's like, and oh, there's the Brandy we face. love. There's Brandy. Yay. No, no. If we're, if, we're, if we're ranking our favorite members of the Nightmare family, it's Pharaoh number one and the rest is everybody else. Absolutely. And then co-main event for sure. Uh, AEW World Championship, Moxley, Jericho, Revolution, World Championship, by the damn pay-per-view, my promo's over. (laughs) John Moxley sold the match for me, he said five words. That is five words, right? Moxley, Jericho, Revolution, World Championship. That's five words. There we go. Yeah, is John Moxley's is. eye going to be healed yet, or are they going to keep pushing that gimmick? Uh, I did not see any indication on this past week's uh, Dynamite that his eye is on the heel. Now, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility it will be revealed midway through the match at some important part that, hey, guess what? I don't need this cool eye patch. I'm, I, I can see out of both eyes. So I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility, but I do think going into the matchup, he will be rocking the eye patch. So it's still Captain John Moxley. Captain John Moxley, which we're all a fan of, and then we get it, get the stopwatch and see how long uh, uh, Justin can say John. Yeah. Heck, I wait. Hold on. If you listen closely, I think you can already hear him start. It's like, dude, tone it down. I know that. I know it's your gimmick, but tone it down. But you- no, dude, <laughs> dude, I love it. It's a little bit over the top. I love it. What do you Let mean me a little you, over the top? It's a little over the top. But I'm gonna. Li- I'm a little over the top. Like, Touché. don't st- like. That's Justin Roberts' gimmick. Is he's too excited and he's having like you know <laughs> spasms in his pants talking about wrestling. <laughs> I but get it's that, okay because it's still real that. to me. Damn it, too. Mm-hmm. I get um, I, I'll be honest. I got a half chub right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, number one, if you're not watching Being the Elite, why are you watching AEW? Because you don't understand what's going on, Will West. But number two, anytime they have John, Ro- John, uh, Justin, darn, 
Justin Roberts. I almost said John Roberts. That's not right. He's John a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> Just, they have him on on BTE and especially the most recent BTE oh, with Nyla. <laughs> with Nyla, and he's just acting like he's an announcer robot. I mean, that's that's his character. He's so an damn robot. funny. <laughs> he also has uh, merchandise available at prowrestlingtees.net. Uh, John and, and, and on a t-shirt yep, on a t-shirt that's literally all but can we just say that about AEW in general one of the things I love is they're not afraid to make fun of themselves and they will do it on BTE mm-hmm. uh, they kind of foreshadow that Kenny Omega was going to get a new Titan Tron and they're going to yep. get rid of him walking through Tokyo <laughs> and they, they made him film it again because he didn't think they were actually filming it so on BTE this week and it was cold well, and also on the flip side, they're also uh, listening to when there is uh, critical, I guess, critical remarks against them. Uh, you might remember before New Year, one of the last uh, Dynamite episodes closed with the Dark Order, like rushing the ring and beating everybody up. Uh, SCU, the Bucks, uh, Kenny, Hangman, they were beating everybody up. And one of the extras was caught on camera, like throwing really, really really bad punches on Dustin Rhodes. And in the open of the very next episode of BTE, they're making fun of the of themselves and those really, really, really badly thrown punches. So yes, they 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 do have a good sense of humor about themselves. At least it seems. Which I think is an important part of this because we're not supposed to take it, you know, too seriously all the time. All right, so let's get into this card. And I asked you, I said, okay, I'm going to read through all the matches. Uh, what goes on last? What's the main event? Are they the same thing? So, um, I think the answer to you, I'm going to take your second question first. I think the answer is yes, because in doing prep for this episode, I was going through my mind, putting the card together, doing my notes. And in my mind, I was building towards the main event. And when I look at my notes, the last match on this card is the AEW World Championship matchup between Le Champion, Chris Jericho, and John Moxley. So I do think that is going to be the last match on the pay-per-view, and I also think that's your main event. Now, I, I, I do think the last three matches you rattled off, they could be called co-main events if you really wanted to push the issue, because I do think the story that MJF and Cody is telling is so well good. worth a main event slot. Same with, uh, same with the Bucks and Hangman and, and, and Kenny. But at the same time, it's like if 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 you can only choose one main event, it has to be for the championship because the inner circle and Moxley, like that story has been great. Absolutely. Now, when I was thinking of this, I had two matches in mind, and I bet you probably know what two matches I was thinking of for main events that would go on last. Because I do think there are three co-main events, but the Bucks and Omega and Paige aren't going on last. And no. if they do, then... They've been listening to the fans on Twitter who tell them to put themselves over more. <laughs> um, I actually would not be surprised. Uh, I'm not saying they'll do this. It depends on the timing of some of the other matches. I wouldn't be surprised if they want to break it up that can, that, that the, the tag matches earlier in the card, kind of like maybe midway through, and then kind of go into the end because what it's probably going to be about what about three hour pay per view. I'm thinking two and a half. I'm thinking three three and a half. I yeah yeah somewhere in that ballpark maybe four. But 
anything past that, I mean, that's that's encroaching on WWE. Dear God, make it stop territory. It'd be interesting to see because they do they do this really well on television with the time limits and they announce the time limits because wrestling matches have time limits anyway because you only have so much time in two hours. <laughs> uh, I'll be interested to see if they do that on Revolution, but I actually think it's smart. Still have the 20. Okay, if you can't do it in 20 minutes, it's a damn draw. And it gives us an angle to keep this feud going if we want to. I like that. Um, I, that you see the Bucks kind of midway through the cards. You have you have maybe a Hager Rhodes or an Alan Guevara, and then you do MGF MJF with Cody, and then you go into Jericho and Moxley. I think MJF Cody and Jericho Moxley just kind of have to go back to back because they're the two biggest matches on the card. And what are you saying if you have like no offense? To pack in Orange Cassidy, but what are you saying if you kind of have a breather match in between those? Like, like I, I was gonna say, it's like I do think Cody, uh, Cody MJF and Moxley Jericho, those are your two big. No offense to the tag title uh, match, but at the same time, I don't know if that's gonna necessarily be the last two because I do feel like you're gonna need a breather in between MJF and Cody because I think that's gonna be a war. And you don't want your crowd to be gassed going into your championship title match. So it's like, so do you do you send out Darby and Sammy? Do you send out Hager and Rhodes because they are veterans? Looking at the card, I I would say the breakup match will either be Hager and Rhodes, or unfortunately, just based on the way the division's been handled so far and the matchup we're getting. Well, the build the build towards the matchup we're getting, not necessarily the matchup, because I love the matchup. I think it is the Nyla Rose Chris Statlander match. Like like that, that And that and that's yeah. fair because you can you could pat you could you could pass it off. Hey, this is a, a tag this is a, a world championship match. Exactly. We're gonna have it on the end of the card. Yep. And, Holy crap, and, that, and, that's what they're gonna do. <laughs> here's here's actually what I think you do. I think your last four matches of the night, World Tag Team Championship. MJF versus Cody because that's just the big hot feud right now because you know those two are beating the crap out of each other. If Cody wants to, he can steal MJF's ring <laughs> and, and technically have him a championship. If, if he wants boss, to, he can steal it. his soul. <laughs> the women's match and then Jericho Moxley because even if Statlander and Rose put on a good match, it, the crowd's gonna cool off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then and then and then they will have gotten their energy in theory back uh, for the championship match. I mean, th- that right there, that is a hell of a last two hours of a card or last 90 minutes of a card, however long. All right, is. so let's start running through these. And again, I think we'll go bottom to top. Sounds good. Let's break down these matchups. Tell us what you think about it. Um, and if you want to, if, if we want to go the route, not that we're fantasy booking or, or predicting this or grading this like it's a, a you know, a shoot fight like uh, Fury... Wilder last week. Good God, can you imagine paying eighty bucks for that crap? Oh, though it though at least it went more than one round. So you know, yeah. there's that. Um, <laughs> pre-show match. This is interesting. Is this the burn off? Is this an evolution of this story or a revolution? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, because there's all sorts of ways you could go with this. SoCal Uncensored can get the clean win over the Dark Order, and then you know they. Again, you know the stuff with with CD, and maybe he t- or maybe he turns on him, or 
it just it depends where they want to go. There's so much you can do with this, but it's really intriguing, and you have two really good tag teams getting in the ring because Uno and Grayson are good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They were the uh, Super Smash Brothers on the independence before coming over to AEW, and I actually think this is just a chapter, not necessarily the end mm-hmm. of the story in the saga between SCU and the Dark Order because I actually, I'm taking the Dark Order to pick, to pick up the victory here. So let me ask you here, are you taking the... Dark Order, as they'd say, clean in the middle, brother, uh, doing the job is something with with Christopher Daniels where there's an involvement and there's some reason to question his allegiances or uh, an opportunity for the Dark Order to taunt him again because, you know, CD, I think, has has made it clear, at least in the storytelling, he has no interest in being in the Dark Order because he's come out and attack them, attacked them a couple times. Mm-hmm, but it's also very easy on the flip side to say, well, if he didn't want people to think he was working with him, this is exactly what he would do. And you look to his uh, to his past with a character like the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, I could very easily see that character be resurrected and him joining the Dark Order. I don't know if it necessarily happens here. And I also don't think we see the Exalted One being revealed uh, at this Saturday's event. I think we'll continue to see some teasing because, I mean... You have to give. They a- don't know who the exalted one is yet because they don't know if they know if they have Matt. Hardy. Exactly, but at the but at the same time, you have to give AEW credit because they have teased every possibility that it could be. They've teased uh, sending out tweets using Matt Hardy's lingo. Hell, even this past episode of Dynamite, they threw out obsolete, which uh, broken Matt Hardy loved him some obsolete. Uh, they've used the phrase everybody dies, uh, which is the phrase of the newly signed AEW superstar Lance Archer. They've used uh, the slogan of current Impact superstar Sammy Callahan, so there's been some speculation he could possibly end up in AEW, but I do think they don't have their exalted one in house yet. So I do think that this will just be a continuation of teasing and building up the anticipation of the reveal. But I do think like SCU, they are the first AEW tag team champion. So they are made when it comes to the tag team division. And even though the dark order has been doing a lot of really good storytelling stuff, I do think they need to get some, yep. some victories in the ring because AEW, they've set up themselves. Wins and losses do count uh, in in this federation. So Dark Order needs to start getting in the victory column and build towards the story. Because I really do think after some rocky beginnings, like I have, gr- like the Dark Order's grown on me. Like this is yeah. one of the things that I look forward to the most when AEW mm-hmm. comes on is what is the Dark Order going to do now? Where are they going to slide in their subliminal messages? Like, like I just, I, I love the booking that they have with the Dark Order. And like, I wish I could tell you I knew what was going to happen with Christopher Daniels. It's like, I do definitely think it's a possibility we see the Fallen Angel. I just don't know if it's going to be this Saturday. You don't think the Fallen Angel is, is the exalted one and this is all a work, do you? That thought has crossed my mind because that would be disappointing. It would be disappointing. And and I, I think I feel like that would be their absolute last option. If Matt Hardy decides to re-sign with WWE for whatever reason, if they decide to go in a different direction with Lance Archer, which I don't know if he would be a good exalted one anyway. And it's like Sammy Callahan is one of the more off the wall suggestions out there. Heck, they've even had a Raven on dynamite to throw out red herring. So AEW (laughs) is definitely giving you plenty of leads. So, I mean, like, if it does end up being the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, I guess storytelling wise, that isn't the worst choice. 
But with the options we we've been presented or straight up teased with, I think it would be a little disappointing. All right, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. I'm excited for this match to actually see Orange Cassidy work in a singles capacity uh, because I haven't gone on YouTube and found all his you know indie matches. But he dude does. can work. Go look up his match uh, with yeah. David Starr. Really good stuff. Yeah, dude can work, and and he'll do a tope suicida with with two hands in his pockets. <laughs> that takes talent. Uh, yeah, uh, I will say though, and look. I think they had to have somewhere for Pac to go after they burn off that feud, mm -hmm. at least for now, with Kenny Omega. And that was kind of some interesting booking because they had something going, and then Kenny kind of got caught up in the tag thing, which I'm fine with because Hangman and Paige are, are good tag champs, and then you get the inner thing with the elite, and there's obviously this riff among the elite, and so that was a smart direction to go with it. But this is kind of a match that just kind of came together Kind of just sort of because Orange Cassidy showed up after Pac lost that Iron Man match. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of interesting. You mentioned building up tag teams. It was really interesting that Best Friends got the win over the Butcher, uh, the Blade, uh, and the Bunny on Wednesday. That was kind of weird because they were building some momentum as a good heel tag team. And and I do think AEW needs to figure out what they want to do with the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny because, I mean, look-wise, those guys are killer. Like, they have mm -hmm. such a great look. Their presentation's fantastic. You look at them, it's like... They work good. Oh, they're, they're really good in the ring, but then you look at the booking that they've been given, and first they come in as MJF's hired hands, and now they're just kind of spooky jobbers. It's like, what? Like, like, but like they had that. just, you know, they didn't win, but they were one of the last teams in that battle royal, and it had built them up to where, okay, it's reasonable to think these are a threat that after we settle things with Omega, Page, the Young Bucks, and you're looking to determine a new number one contender coming out of that match. If there's not a a rematch, if the Bucks don't grab the titles, that if I told you that the Young Bucks or whoever were going, the Lucha Bros or the Dark Order were going to fight the Butcher Bunny and the Blade and the winner gets a tag shot, you would buy that and you would feel like, hey, that's fair. If they can win this match, they've shown enough to, to get a shot. And it kind of got squashed just a little bit, but I don't think it's like, harmed like irreparably. But I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the harm is, is, is irreparable, irreputable, excuse me. But at the same time, like, I I would have handled them differently because like I said, it's like, especially that week when MJF went to go pay them off and that vignette they had where so good. Oh my God. That was amazing. It's like, give me more of that. I want more yep. of that. It's kind of like Bray Wyatt syndrome outside of the ring. You're this big, badass monster that looks super imposing and is scary and is super intriguing. But as soon as the bell rings, and it matters, you're on your back looking at the lights. Hey, look, I understood, I understood, you know, when they were in the whole feud with Cody, Cody needed to get over oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, on them. Yeah, they weren't going over Cody there. Yeah, they didn't need to go over Cody. They were still built up by going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cody and his random tag team partners. What's up, QT Marshall? How you doing, bud? That's interesting to see what happens there uh, with that pre-show match. But I, like you, think it's just a continuation 
and it just maybe foreshadows to what happens in the future uh, with good old CD Christopher Daniels. Uh, Pack and Orange Cassidy again. I'm excited for it because I want to see Orange Cassidy work because I know he's a good worker. And we know Pac's a good worker, and he's just like a pissed-off bastard right now. Especially right uh, now. like I, I think Pac probably goes over on Cassidy, but that's okay because Orange is Orange, and he's going to be all right because his out-of-the-ring gimmick is 90% of what has him over, not that he needs to beat Pac to like get a title shot or anything. Yeah, that's like like not his Orange, Orange Cassidy is going to be loved by the crowd. Orange Cassidy is going to surprise a lot of people. But at the end of the day... Pack is a bastard, and Pack the bastard is going to brutalize Orange Cassidy like the best friends might catch an ass whipping too. But like, yeah, Pack wins here, and it might get uncomfortable towards the end. But I mean, like, I don't know if it'll get so uncomfortable that Orange Cassidy and the best friends can't hug at the end, and you know, oh yeah, pop the crowd. It, you got to give the got to give the people what they want, and you got to build Pack back up because let's not forget here, right coming off of the Rager at Sea, he was in a number one contenders match uh, for the. The, the world championship. He should have beat Kenny in that Iron Man match. I'm sorry. I would have I would have I would have been I would have been okay with that, but I also kind of understood okay, it's the rubber match. I thought the I didn't have a, as much a problem with the result with the again with how they got there because I thought it was a little bit too overworked. But if Kenny wins that Iron Man match, it blows that off because he's got two out of three over pack. And then Kenny can go do his tag shit. So I kind of understood that, but you, you don't necessarily want. I don't know if, if you wanted to continue that feud. That feud. All right, Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. I think Nyla retains here. I, I don't think. I think it'll be a good match, but I think it's a run of the mill match, and you're building Nyla Rose up, so she's gonna take care of business against Chris Statlander in 10, 12 minutes. Everybody can go get a beer with Adam. Adam Page and, and take a piss if they need to. Well, I'm not going to tell everybody to to use this as a concession stand break or a, or a bathroom break. No, because, it'll be a good it'll be a good match. Yeah. I just don't expect any surprise. Exactly, and I mean, I I agree with the outcome. I think Nyla wins. I think it's way way too early to be even considering uh, the thought of taking the title off of her. Mm-hmm. Like in a perfect world, if I was booking this, like she would have won the title from Riho at Revolution. Like. I'm sure it made sense booking that title match on Dynamite. And you do have to have title matches on Dynamite, but it's like being that close to Revolution, it didn't leave a lot of time to build up a story to feature the newly crowned mm-hmm. Nyla Rose in a fair, fairly told-out story. So to see them throw Chris Statlander, which, by the way, Chris Statlander is going to be an AEW Women's Champion before it's all said and done, probably a couple times if, uh, barring, you know, crazy health or contract uh, situations. But it's like, this feels just way too early for this matchup. And I'm I'm kind of not cool seeing this matchup this early because I know that in this outcome, Chris Statlander is going to catch an L. And it's like, I like these these two should be kept away from each other for now because it's like Nyla needs to be built up and on the flip side Chris Statlander needs to be built up too so like way too early for this matchup but I do think Nyla wins it's gonna be a good match I just don't like the story that's being told or I guess the lack of a story I I think maybe because they didn't want to not have any women on the card is probably why you're doing this match Uh, but you could have easily figured out okay hey let's Let's do something with Jurassic Express or 
what, or, or private party or the other. If you just wanted to do something like that, have uh, have the four four women match you had on this past episode of Dynamite. Put that on the pre-show. Winner then gets to go on to the main card and face Nyla Rose for the AEW Championship. We're going to end up with the same outcome. But at the same time, we're not going to throw Chris Statlander to mm. the newly crowned monster. There you go. And also, okay, so what if, uh, like, say, Big Swole catches the L here? Oh, well, you know, Swole's a young up-and-comer, and she did have to fight off three other women for this opportunity. So you already have the built-in excuse. Yeah, and, and look, you you could have just had that. You could have kept that match on Dynamite and made it a title shot match, and then it would have made sense because it was late in the show, mm-hmm. uh, right before the weigh-in. All right, so we think Rose goes over. Uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara. We're starting to get in some heavy hitter uh, territory here. Uh, of course, Allen, because he kind of just doesn't give a damn, intervenes. Uh, when he sees something he doesn't necessarily like, and that'll catch you a butt whooping from the inner circle sometimes. And also, it seems like Darby Allen and John Moxley might be low key best friends. Well, I don't know if either one of them really have friends, but, but loners kind of watch, watch out for loners, exactly. right? Yeah, they're they're, they're low key besties. I mean, they're not hanging out, but 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 if something's going down, it's like oh 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 hell no. Nobody else is going to come out there and help Moxley, but I don't care. I'm going to do what I think's right. And we've talked about these are two young up and coming stars, not just in AEW but in the business. This is and they've steal done the a show. good job. Like, like this match is going to steal the show. Done a good job of telling this story. Darby Allen kind of stealing the cue card gimmick oh, so from Sammy great. Guevara, and you know, don't take this the wrong way. Guevara didn't have to do much to to set this up because he's part of the inner circle and and Darby stuck his nose in some business and took a butt whooping and wanted revenge and I kind of love it sometimes when it's real simple and you understand okay I get it Samuel Guevara tried to you know uh murder Darby Allen with a skateboard to the throat after trying and to Darby him. wants to kick his ass yep and both like like I loved the visual image of Darby Allen coming like a bat out of hell down the ramp this past Wednesday on Dynamite with that skateboard in hand with Sammy written on it. So you knew exactly where I'm it was so, going. Can I just say, I'm, I'm so glad we're putting the skateboard over in a positive light because let's all not forget Johnny Ace <laughs> and his skateboard and nobody liked that. And then when he was the GM of Raw, I would call him Johnny Ace GM and tell him to get out of the ring. (laughs) I, oh, damn it, Rab, I'd completely forgotten that Johnny Ace used to ride a skateboard. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) All right, I can get us back on track here. How do you think this one plays out? Um, I mean, I could see the positive of either of these guys getting the victory, but... I mean, we know the crowd wants to see Darby Allen get a pound of flesh. I've gone back and forth on this matchup, and I could easily see scenarios where either competitor wins. But the one that I come back to, like my... Okay, if if, if you just look at the story they're telling, like like babyface Darby Allen is returning from injury against the, the nefarious little shit that, that put him on the shelf in Samuel Guevara. Instinctually, I'm telling myself, okay, clearly the babyface is going to get his win back. He's going over. But, dude, I think Samuel Guevara gets the victory somewhat through 
clearly nefarious means. I'm looking at this yeah. card. Uh, Santana and Ortiz have nothing going on this night. Yeah. So I feel like they are going to insert themselves in the, into this matchup. I think this is going to be a vicious matchup. We're going to see some shit that is going to put you on your feet screaming, oh my God, I hope they're not dead. Probably a couple times. And I do think... Uh, Kind of building towards an overarching story. I think Sammy Guevara picks up the victory here. You lay all that out and it makes a lot of sense. So I'm just going to agree with you because like the classic booking is the, the face eventually gets over on the heel. But there's no reason to burn this feud off yet. Keyword you said there is eventually. Eventually gets over and it doesn't hurt Darby Allen if, if he goes and fights his ass off and he loses because the inner circle interferes and it helps not only Sammy, it helps Darby because he had this match. You get to continue the feud. Mm -hmm. It keeps putting the inner circle over as a really hated faction. And it builds that storyline eventually of, okay, who's going to step in here? Who's going to step up and, and, and who's going to shut down the inner circle and them interfering with and, 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 you know, lording themselves over AEW. Uh, all worshiping Chris Jericho. Uh, Hager and Rhodes, it's the same thing as Darby and Sammy. They don't like each other because uh, Hager broke kayfabe, uh, broke Dustin's arm, uh, and that's real simple. Dustin wants him a pound of flesh, and you got a good vet for Hager to make his in-ring debut against. So uh, this one looks good. I actually do think in this one this is a case where Dustin gets over because I don't know, you know, uh, Jake Hager's the muscle. We all know Jake Hager's a legitimate badass, so he can he can take an L and be all right. And it might be six months before he wrestles again anyway, depending on what he's got to do with Bellator, who, again, he's not allowed to wrestle when he has Bellator cards booked. See, like, since this is Jake Hager's first AEW match and he is being booked, pretty successfully, in my opinion, as the muscle of the inner circle. I don't think there's any scenario where Jake Hager can lose his debut match. Hmm. And it's like, Dustin's going to get in his offense, but I really think Hager's going to go out there and just like dominate most of the match. And he's also going to kill Dustin's balls because apparently that's his gimmick, both in MMA and in professional wrestling. But it's like, like you do have to remember, this is the former Jack Swagger. Say what yes. you will about that character, but he could go in the ring. So this guy is not a slouch. And oh, by the way, since he was Jack Swagger, he's gone and been a pretty legitimate, okay. MMA fighter. Mm -hmm. So like, I like, I really don't see them throwing Jake Hager out there in his first match and him catching an L. Like like I said, I think Dustin's going to get his ass kicked. Yeah, and look, Dustin's always going to have the sympathy, so if he goes out here and loses, he's not really any worse for wear. It's not like he's going to like he's made. try to rocket ship himself to being in the championship picture. He's a solid veteran middle of the card face. He has his spot. So, mm -hmm. there you go. Uh, all right, we're getting to the three co-main events. Let's start with the AEW Tag Team World Championship. Like we said, Sword of the Elite versus the Young Bucks. <sighs> I am trying to decide because this can be so good. It can go so many ways. Um, I, I, I don't want AEW to make a mistake. I almost said WWE. <laughs> 
make a mistake and burn this off too quick, right? But I think unless all they're interested in here is putting the belts on the Young Bucks, which I think the leadership of AEW is smart enough not just to do that. Um, even if the belts end up on the Young Bucks, something nefarious is going to happen that's going to splinter the elite this weekend. I think Saturday, we see, look, Adam Page has been kind of weird and him being doing his cowboy shit and drinking beers and he's getting over with the fans because <laughs> he's grabbing beers out of the out of the stands and he wanted to leave the elite and all this stuff. Straight up said he was leaving the elite. He was leaving the elite and then they make him, you know, tag with Kenny and they end up with the championships. One, do I, I, I see, is this so, so hard to read because yes, the young bucks are kind of the face, one of the faces of the company and everybody wonders why they don't have the tag championships yet. And I actually think it was, great booking that they didn't win that damn tournament and they lost the first one because it was again that same commitment Cody's not going to challenge for the championship the young bucks just aren't going to book themselves to get the tag titles easily mm-hmm. um and you got to give them credit for those decisions yeah i'm just trying to figure out where to go with this okay so Kenny and 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 Paige had the the tag titles for a month if you book it the right way they don't take too much damage for losing and i i think it's kind of I don't want to say it's it's clear, but I do think long term again you're trying to send Kenny Omega back towards the the singles division to tangle with the Jerichos and the Moxleys because you want to build to having those matches eventually because that's a lot of the draw of Omega. I think you could say the same thing about Hangman Page, couldn't you? You could, you could absolutely. I mean, again, he what he was the one of the challengers for the first AEW World Championship. Absolutely. And hell, I would say he's more over now than he ever was back when he was challenging Jericho for the AEW championship. Yeah, because like, we were just kind of getting to know him if we weren't big, you know, internet wrestling fans. And I don't mean that derogatory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because he, mo- you know, the elite were over there in Japan and doing some Ring of Honor and some indie stuff. I didn't know about Adam Page, but it didn't take me long to realize that I like cowboy shit. <laughs> I like his style. I like that he's so badass he can just, you know, drink beer uh, than clothesline you, hit you with a, a a lariat, and there you go, and that's his <laughs> finisher. I ain't gonna do this crazy power bomb crap. I'm just gonna run you over. Yep. There you go. I'll hit you with my arm. Okay, so gun to your head, who walks out with the straps on Saturday? The Bucks, because something devolves within the elite. Okay. All right. Because I don't think that completely burns it off. I think it is the next logical step to the story. If Omega and Paige win, what do you do with that? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if... Not nefarious in the idea that it's intentional, but something goes awry and continues this splinter of the elite. And it could be as simple as... I'm not, you know, Hangman doesn't have to harm Kenny to set the buck, Young Bucks up for the win. It's as simple as Hangman has enough of it, he grabs a damn beer and goes to the back. Hmm. And just, you know, turn just turns his back on Omega in a vulnerable situ- situation and the Young Bucks capitalize. Because, I mean, 
Paige has definitely left Omega out to dry in some situations. And I don't know if you were able to watch uh, the Countdown to Revolution, the, I guess, pre-show that AEW... I tried, but I, you know, I was going to watch it yesterday after I finished watching Dynamite and I started to type it into the search bar on Hulu and they couldn't find it. So in that preview, they have a sit down interview with Paige and, and Omega and the interviewer asked Kenny, it's like, are you worried about your partner? And Paige gets set off and like storms out, uh, storms out of the interview and out of the room. And Kenny, the entire time while he's in the room says, what are you talking about? I was going to say no. And then as soon as the door shuts, Kenny looks at the camera and says, you're goddamn right. I'm worried. So like, like there is, there is some like, 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 like Kenny, Kenny Omega feels like the, like a kid caught in a divorce between two Mm -hmm. parents that really, really don't like each other. And it's like, like, I think it is time to pull the trigger and put the titles on the bucks. And on top of this, I think it's time to pull the trigger for a young bucks heel turn. Yeah, and they were kind of planting some seeds for that. I forgot what I was oh looking at. Oh my god, re- they weren't planting seeds. They were straight yeah. like like not so subtle hints. I mean, yeah. They're cocky, they're smarmy little wolves in sheep's clothing pretending to be faces. They're the best tag team in the world and they know it. And in the interview that you referenced with JR, I mean, yep. they really really showed that throwing shade and belittling pretty much everything hangman Adam page has ever done in his career and the accomplishments up until this point, straight up calling him a jobber in ring of honor until they quote plucked him in, put him in the bullet club. So, I mean, like, like I know I've told you off the microphone for the last couple weeks. It's like, am I the only one that thinks the bucks are kind of coming across as dicks? So no, you are you are not. There, well, it was cage side something. Cage side seats. Okay, all right. Had the had the review of uh, Dynamite, and uh, he take y'all behind the velvet rope for a minute. We thought maybe we were going to record this on the Thursday before Revolution, and I hadn't seen all of Dynamite, so I was reading reviews to make sure I had knew what was going on. And they brought that up. They called him the Young Dicks. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know if I go that far because, like, I get it. Like, to to me, the way the reviewer wrote it for Cage Side Seats or News or whatever the heck Cage it side is, seats. I actually like that. Uh, site, it, so. it, it it's a good site, but it came off almost like somebody who's that you know the 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 it's still real to me, damn it, guy. I can see that the Bucks are, are are working here and maybe angling for a heel turn. Well, I mean, clearly they're working, and it's like I do think they are justified in some of their frustration with dealing with Paige, which I mean, like, mm-hmm. like that right there is a good trait of a great villain when part of the reason they're angry is justified, and they're gonna be like, mm-hmm. okay, that does kind of make sense. So it's like, like I I totally think this is the time for a heel young Bucks. Put the straps on them. Let them be the best tag team in the world. Let them be obnoxious. Uh, Kenny and Paige can still chase them. Maybe they'll get a rematch. Maybe something will happen where they split off and go their separate ways. Because I do think this is going to be a catalyst to get Kenny Omega back into that top Mm. part of the card. And I also think this is a catalyst to get Hangman Adam Page back into the top part of that card. And And what's not to say that... Down the road, Kenny Omega finally snaps and goes after Paige and joins up with the Young Bucks to form that core old school elite 
back when, and it's funny that this narrative has now come out. People are wanting Kenny Omega to return back to the best bout machine or the cleaner or back when he was, you know, um, turning in five, six, seven star matches in Japan. They want him to revert back to that. He His was, matches have been good. Well, they've been good, but it's it's, it's his booking that, that people have some issues with. Yeah. He was that way back when it w- he was running around with the elite. Back when he was the cleaner Kenny Omega, he was flanked mm. with the Young Bucks. So what's not to say they just don't go down that route? Now, I'm not saying that's what going what's going to happen. I just think that could very well be a possibility down the road, especially if both Page and Hangman are inserted back into the top part of the card What's not to say we don't get a blow-off between a heel best bout machine AEW champion Kenny Omega against babyface pissed-off hangman Adam Page? And that would be perfect. That's what I've been angling for. That's why I think the Bucks get the straps with some help. Either Omega turns on Page or Page turns on Omega. Those two build towards, and it's not even necessarily got to be a pay-per-view match because it's only four a year that AEW has. Maybe there's some BR Live Supercard or just a really big episode of Dynamite. That it's Omega versus Page, uh, uh, MJF Cody revenge scenario that builds both of those guys up to be back in that top singles picture. You mentioned, I mean, look, you got the Dark Order. Uh, you have, they just had a match recently, a rematch, but SoCal Uncensored. You have the Butcher Blenny and the Blades. You have plenty of tag teams that the Bucks, instead of fighting amongst the elite right now, you just kind of, you, you have that Saturday. Turn the Lucha Bros face and turn those two teams loose. Yes. Are you kidding yes. me? Yes. And maybe eventually you revisit the Elite versus Adam Page and Kenny Omega or or something, or I don't even know if there's got to be a rematch. I was going like, to say, again, I'm not necessarily sure there needs to be a rematch, no. but part of me is going to be sad if this is the last time on Saturday that we see Kenny Omega and Adam Page tag together because they've surprised me. They have really good chemistry, and I really like their tandem tag team offense. It's really good. Yeah, but... I think you're I think you're but much better off oh, clearly, putting the clearly. titles on the Bucks. Uh, they either be face or heel or do whatever, and you let them go run roughshod through the tag team division. You uh, build again Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros, because, I mean, dude, that would be asses in seats. That's a main event. Like, the Lucha That's Bros should never, lap. like, like the, the Lucha Bros should never have been, been, been heels. The only reason they were heels is because the, because the Bucks wanted to be faces. Come on. Yeah, and it's just like because it's if you believe in the technicality that people have to be heels and faces. Mm-hmm. Dude, the Lucha Bros are over, dude. Oh my Sierra God. Miero. No, 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 it's like right. like Pentagon, like like maybe save the Sierra Mierto stuff to like maybe two a match instead of seven. Like mm-hmm. kind of. Well, I mean, you got it. Travis Travis Kelsey's talking about, you know, he's using Lucha Bros <laughs> a slang. <laughs> Those dudes are over, yeah, and over. people are ready to embrace them as a face. Because when they first came in, I, re- I really liked them instantly, and I didn't think about them necessarily being a healer face team. When you look at them, how can you not like them? Yeah. Like, like freaking Pentagon is one of the coolest-looking in-ring workers in the world. Yeah. Like, and, and you so, want me to again, boo that guy? No, thank you. No. No. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, not you actually I, watch him. It's, like, it's a situation, <laughs> again, if the... What, was, was the Lucha Bros in SCU at some point for the in that tournament? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 
I wanted S- I wanted SCU to win. That doesn't necessarily make me think that the Lucha Bros are the heels in that situation. You're just pulling for the team. It like. gets vague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, I think the Young Bucks get the straps. We'll see what direction they go with them. I definitely think that leads to some sort of Omega Page feud because one screwed the other and cost them the belt that ultimately rocket ships both their asses to the top of the single division. Okay, real quick, yes or no, uh, Don't uh, first first answer that comes to your mind, does Hangman Adam Page enter on a horse at Revolution? No. Aw. No. But he no. wants to do cowboy shit, Rab. Yeah, but then you have to clean up actual horse shit. <laughs> well, that's not cowboy shit, and he's not going to do that. I know. And then you're going to have poop on the entrance ramp. That's poor some grips job. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm, MJF I'm getting paid minimum wage sl- to clean literal horse shit. MJ, MJF is going to slip <laughs> in Hangman Page's poop, which would be entertaining. Oh, absolutely. And that would, that would give MJF another thing to complain about. <laughs> all right. MJF versus Cody. Speaking of. We all know how this is going to go, right? I'm gonna let you or go or first. do you burn this off yet? That's the only question. Do you want me to give my thoughts? Yes. Okay. Because I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but I'm kind of simplistic, and I just kind of base off what I think is going to happen off of more so what I want to happen, and then I react to whatever happens. Okay. Here's what we know is going to happen. MJF okay. is going to get his ass kicked, like. A lot. And he's going to bleed. And he's going to bleed a lot. But in the end, I think he wins. Because they want to continue exactly. the feud? Yeah. Like, he's been he's been antagonizing Cody at literal every turn. And now you're going to give him the feather and the cap. I made you get 10 lashes on live TV. I made you get in a cage with a monster named Wardlow. And you still couldn't beat me. Like, doesn't that make you want to murder MJF that much more? <laughs> That's true. But at the same, look, and, and I guess that makes sense because while Cody is the number two ranked singles wrestler in the company company right now, number two or number three, something like that, I think Moxley's number one because the champion's not ranked. Uh, and then it's Cody. Um, he can't go after that strap because we haven't figured out that loophole yet. Because it's coming. Oh, yeah. yeah Cody coming. will be the world champ one day. They'll find a loophole. <laughs> and I don't care about it. And I hope it pisses off all the belt marks. Oh, I, I actually don't think it will just because, like, everybody loves Cody. But everybody loves Cody. So, in my mind, I'm thinking he's going to get the dub. But what do you do with Cody Rhodes if he's not feuding with MJF? And why do you have to – why not just pour nitrous oxide on this fire and keep it going? So – like, like, th- like, there's going to be some nefarious means. Like, I'm not saying MJF wins clean. Like, like Wardlow's going to get involved, probably get his ass kicked. Uh, Arn's going to get involved, probably get his ass kicked. Uh, multiple people are going to get involved that we probably don't realize at this point. But it's like, by hook or by crook, MJF is going to win. And he's, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and said, Cody, I'm, n- I'm, I'm not facing you again unless you jump through more hoops. And I would be fine with that. Yeah, because I mean, like, like you do make a good point. Where does Cody go from here if he's not feuding with MJF unless like he's going to feud with Lance Archer or something? But I'm not going to be a fan of that because you want your debuting big name superstars to get victories. And I really don't want to see Cody eat another big 
pinfall, but here I am saying MGF's going to beat him, so clearly I don't know what I want. Yeah, but if it's nefarious, if it's in classic heel MJF by hook or by crook fashion, he's not really, it's not like you're getting pinned clean. No, and, and, and he is not going to be pinned clean. Like, we are going to see that uh, dynamite diamond ring uh, be used by both MJF and Cody. Um, like I said, MJF is going to bleed, and he's going to bleed a lot, but he's going to be a bloody victor at the end. All right, one match left on the card, AEW World Championship. Moxley, Jericho, Revolution, by the damn pay-per-view. <laughs> That's the whole promo they've been running for six weeks. It's effective because they got my money. And Zoe's money, too. Zip. Well, it's the same monies. <laughs> well, well, it's uh, th- th- Does BR Live accept pooch dollars? <laughs> uh, we're going to find out tomorrow night. Let me tell All you. All right, so... All right, so this is interesting because Chris Jericho's been the champ basically since September, August 31st, the debut of a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Which, by the way, they debuted uh, pre-order sales for the uh, action figure, action figure uh, $32.99 at Ringside Collectibles, which, oh, Rab, you might have to start an intervention. I might start collecting AEW wrestling figures. Yeah, I'm going to have to weigh in. Uh, yeah. I could get the entire set for $150. So this is interesting. So September, October, November, December, January, pretty much all of February. Chris Jericho has been the champ for six months, right? Le champion. Le champion, pretty much for six months. Cody's probably the hottest guy in the business and 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 the biggest face, but man, people love him some John Mockley, right? Mm-hmm. And as long as you have that belt. And somebody who wants that belt, you can create a feud really easily. And so, does the reign of Jericho continue? Do we want to keep a feud going between Jericho and Moxley? Or do we put the strap, now that Chris Jericho has legitimized it, not that it wasn't legitimate, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, we now live in a world where AEW has gotten a second contract with TNT, so so they now have a long-term plan, which originally putting putting the strap on a veteran like Chris Jericho kind of helped their chances to be legitimized, and lo and behold, mm-hmm. here we are. So do we give it to John Moxley, or does the reign of Le Champion continue? Well, if you remember back when I was giving my thoughts on the Darby Allen Sammy Guevara matchup, I chose Sammy because I said it was going to be part of an overarching story throughout the night. I also went on to pick Jake Hager, and I'm picking, yeah, I'm picking Le Champion because the current overarching story that's going to be told Saturday night is AEW is the inner circle's world, and everybody else is just living in it. Like, uh-huh. Like, I think, like, every member of the Inner Circle is going to get involved. We might see Darby Allen. Uh, Cody might show up. Um, uh, Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap might be there. Probably not. Like, like, like we're going to see a ton of interference in this matchup. Like, like, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be brutal. But I do think at the end of the day, Jericho is that wily and that big of a cheater of a veteran that he's going to find a way to win. And we're going to continue to live under the reign of Le Champion because I'm just looking at 
the options if Moxley was to walk out with the title. I do not think it would be that wild of an idea because I think he clearly deserves it at this point. Like you said, the crowd loves him. He is a completely different type of monster than what we saw as Dean Ambrose. But yeah, I just like, like at the top of the card, I mean, like if Pac had beaten Omega, maybe we're going into a Kenny or into, into a Pac Moxley feud, but it'd be hard to sell that. And, and, and like we said previously, wins and losses do count in all elite wrestling. So that might be a hard pivot to sell. And it's just like, I do think there are more faces to chase a heel champion and Chris Jericho, maybe Kenny Omega, maybe mm-hmm. hangman Adam page comes and, and, you know, uh, exercises that demon. And on top of that, I think, and this is not a knock on John Moxley, I think there's more star-making power in beating champion Chris Jericho than there is in beating champion John Moxley, if that makes sense. And, and the inner circle is much more legitimate as long as Jericho has the exactly. I, I think I think when Jericho drops the belt, I don't think like the inner circle literally literally just like you know vanishes in the thin air. It's not going to go Thanos. But it, it, it's not the snap. <laughs> but uh, you have to be ready maybe to separate those elements out. And I think you want to build up Sammy more. I think you probably want to build up Santana and Ortiz more. They, they need to build be up Jake Hager so more. Create them into more main event superstars and then figure out what you want to do with them. So... Um, to me, it's 50-50, so you said Jericho. I'm going to say Moxley just because the momentum's going in his favor. I can't argue. But I think the smarter booking is Jericho, and that eventually builds towards the elite, the, the elite versus the inner circle one of these days. That's the that's the $85 billion main event. This is the payoff, and in a perfect world where Cody Rhodes could get the uh, rights to his father's creation of war games, this would be the perfect payoff for it. You don't know that he doesn't have that. Well, uh, <laughs> if, if WWE ran a war games uh, takeover not that long ago. so Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, WWE is definitely exercising their... Uh, their rights on that copyright. But it's like, I do agree that does feel like the eventual payoff, but at the same time, you just have to remember and think of uh, the picks that we just laid out. We're, we're picking some of the elite members to, you know, go bad guy. Like, like, so in theory, wouldn't the bucks be more in line with Chris Jericho? Yeah, maybe. And the, and the inner, maybe circle? they, maybe they don't go full on. I don't know. Uh, I really feel like we're like three steps from falling into a fantasy booking rabbit hole, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. I'm just look like I'm. I'm saying I'm not saying for the next pay per view. I'm saying it could oh yeah, be no, 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 no. I'm, yeah. At some point, we are getting. There's going to be a blow off. There's going to be a bl- the the. There's going to be when they're ready to kind of dethrone the inner down. circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. When when they're when it's not useful anymore, so. I don't know. Uh, you're you're you make a lot of sense with Jericho. My gut just kind of tells me Moxley. Maybe that's what I want, but you know, not necessarily giving me what what I want isn't bad in wrestling because it just makes me hungrier to want it exactly. down the road. Uh, so, 
Uh, dude, you want to you wanna wrap this thing up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've already given my... Well, I've said what I think is uh, going to be the match that could steal the show real quick on our way out. That's uh, the Darby Allen-Sammy Guevara matchup. I think match of the night, in my opinion, is going to be... Kenny Omega and Adam Page and the Young Bucks. What do you think is going to be the match of the night? And also, who do you think might steal the show? I'm going to... Oh. Yeah, putting you on my the My gut would say Darby... My, my gut says Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, so I'm going to say that match steals the show. But since you said that, just to throw it another one, Pack and Orange Cassidy is going to be really, really good. Ooh, I love that pick. I, I Okay, I think, I, I, I think you win those that, that pick. Match of the night. Again, I think Kenny Omega, Adam Page, the Young Bucks have the potential and are probably the favorites. And so, say officially, my prediction, I would agree with you, Match of the Night, just to throw another one out there. And this is not crazy by any means. Uh, MJF and Cody, because we know they can both oh work God. and we know the, the heat for that match okay. is so high because mm-hmm. they booked it so well. Okay, you you win the picks of uh, stealing the show and match of the night. I'm an idiot. Why would I ever pick against Cody for match of the night if he's on the card? Because he's he, he's been nothing but amazing since he stepped into the ring for AEW. It also, it also, it also depends, though, how you define match of the night because if you're looking for like the best spots, it's going to come in that Bucks uh, elite tag team match. But I always enjoy the story that Cody tells in every one of exactly. his matches. So, and yeah. that's that's what's important is that that's why I think that's the match of the night. But also it's like I like I do want to say like like and and I promise we're getting ready to wrap up. You uh like I just said I love the story that Cody tells and you said like like if you want the the flippy dippy moves and stuff like that you would want the tag team. I actually think this might be the best of both worlds because I'm actually more intrigued with the story between these two teams than like like don't get me wrong the match it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic but I'm yeah. more intrigued in the story between these two teams mm-hmm. than I am of actually seeing them square off so like yeah that's 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 my justification but I am a complete jackass for picking against Cody for match of the night uh, will on the way out the door give the lovely listeners where they can find you on the socials and also your day job. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the uh, sports director over at WCDT. So if you want to hear me talk sports off the bench with Will Rab weekdays, Sorry. 11 to noon central time, go to WCDTradio.com or check out the podcast on Apple podcast and audio boom. All right. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Landoz, L-A-N-D-O-Z. That's where you can follow me 280 characters at a time. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips, sit on your button munch. That's where you can find exclusively posted episodes of Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. Got Talk. Uh, vintage episodes of the Near Fall Radio podcast. Uh, but in lieu of that, I invite you to go to the iTunes store and search for the R&D Project, this fine podcast right here, and subscribe and leave us a review. Remember, five stars or GTFO. I'm also on the Monday Morning Monorail podcast, a family-friendly podcast about the latest happenings down at the Walt <laughs> Disney so World funny. Resort. I know, it's it's hilarious, but I do you make it work. behave yourself. I can't believe it. I know. Hey, you know what? That's the signs of a true professional, baby. Uh, and uh, th- uh, every week, they have the latest coming from the most magical place on Earth. Plus, there is a segment 
uh, featuring yours truly, where we break down the history of an old school attraction, because I do like me some Disney rides. And also, I am the producer and an on-air personality on News Talk 98.7 on The Phil Show. It airs Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m., uh, streaming worldwide at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the iTunes store. Search The Phil Show, Newstalk987. And also streaming worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. There you go, man. Revolution's going to be great. Can't wait to uh, talk about it. We'll have a Revolution uh, recap on the next episode of the R&D Project, which I guess technically this is kind of sort of an <laughs> R&D Project episode, but when we have a special, when we want to talk about preview pay-per-view, it's actually near fall radio. That's confusing. Anyway, uh, enjoy <laughs> it Saturday, man, and I look forward to uh, talking uh, with you about it next week. Absolutely looking forward to it. So for the Will Rab, I am A. Landon Doan. Thanking you for joining us on another episode of Near Fall Radio. You've been great. We've been Near Fall. Thank you very much. was pretty good that was a good opener without getting too in the weeds mm-hmm. and by the way that was a kick-ass segue come on give me some give me some love hey that was that was good dude <laughs> thank you and it's like like thank you for that zoe um <laughs> this is an edit we're gonna do some uh, wackipedia hold on <laughs>